Welcome to The Real Game, a podcast by coaches for coaches. I am your host, Matt Philbrick. Welcome and thank you for listening to this episode of The Real Game. I'm your host, Matt Philbrick. I hope you were able to tune in and listen to last week's episode when I had uh, Paul Diaspera of Crown Refs Podcast on the show. That was a great episode. It was good to hear his perspective on things and from an official's point of view. Um, I think it's great to keep that dialogue open between coaches and refs so that we can serve the game of basketball to the best of our abilities. So that was a good episode. If you haven't had a chance to tune into that, uh, take a listen. Uh, of course, this is the podcast by coaches for coaches. So today I have a special guest joining me. I have with me today the head coach from Lancaster Bible College in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Coach John Mack. Uh, coach, before I let you say a few words to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your own coaching journey, um, I just want to um, say that I have Looked at your bio here a little bit, and you are very accomplished as a coach. Uh, you, it looks like you've been at Lancaster Bible College there for about four years. Um, you have a record of 50 and 26, and you were the 2022 United East Coach of the Year, four-time NCCAA National Coach of the Year, eight-time NCCAA Regional Coach of the Year, five-time NCCAA National Runner-Up, 14-time NCAA uh, National Tournament appearances and seven NCAA regional champions. So you obviously know what you're doing, Coach. Um, it's great to have you on the show here today. It's great to get your perspective on some things. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your coaching journey and kind of where you started and where you're at now? Sure. Well, Matt, thanks for having me on here. Uh, it's a privilege to be here. Um, yeah, my, my coaching journey is a little unique. Um, I'm, I just finished my 24th season here. And um, I started coaching right after playing. I went to um, Valley Forge Christian College at the time, which is now University of Valley Forge. Um, I was a student athlete there from 96 uh, to about 2000. And I played uh, four years of basketball, two years of soccer. Um, and I went on a, uh, after my senior year, I went on um, a missionary, a mission basketball trip with sports ambassadors. And um, I came back and I started a, a semester to finish up student teaching. And I think this was the going into the fall of 2000. And um, our the previous AD and men's basketball coach had resigned while I was on that missions trip. And um, they hired um, a an, an, uh, missionary um, from, I forgot, the name of the school, but uh, he came in and served as the athletic director, but he didn't have basketball coaching experience and he didn't have an interest in coaching basketball. Mm. So it was kind of in the last hour. And, uh, and I kind of requested, I said, Hey, would I be, um, would it be an option for me to coach with supervision? And um, they were able to approve that. And sure. uh, the AD sat on the bench with me and that's how I got my foot in the coaching. So okay. I was actually coaching players that I just got finished playing with <laughs> and I was still finishing my schooling with student teaching. And so it kind of took off from there. Um, and then four years later, I became AD. Um, and then from there, I was the coach and men's basketball coach. Um, I held that post to about 2016, 2017, uh, then transitioned out to Oklahoma. Uh, the Southwestern Christian University, which is an NEI program, 
uh, competed in the Sooner Athletic Conference there. Um, and then again, uh, God opened up another door, uh, something I wasn't looking for at the time. And um, Lancaster Bible uh, came calling um, after they went through a transition of coaching. I uh, went out there and visited the campus, had a great interview. Um, God started to just open up some doors and reveal some things. And um, he brought uh, my family and I back to Pennsylvania and uh, been at LBC for the past four years. Well, that's, that's awesome. It's, uh, it's good to hear other coaches' journeys and how they, you know, got into coaching and how it's influenced their lives. And, and uh, can you, and maybe you can't, not all coaches can, but can you point back to somebody in your life that was influential in your life that maybe nudged you towards coaching a little bit? Or was that even something that was on your radar um, as, as you were a player, as you were growing up? Yeah, I think there's so many uh, names I can mention uh, kind of connected, kind of bridged the gap in my coaching journey and kind of encouraged me, inspired me to get into coaching. But I think I'll probably go back to the route will probably be in high school. Uh, my high school coach, Timothy Walsh, uh, I probably was a sophomore at the time um, fighting for varsity minutes. And I was a six foot center. Oh, wow. um, I played okay. Lenape is a group four school. Um, so you're playing against a lot of um, size, um, six, mm-hmm. six, six, seven, six, eight, a lot of guys. Sure. At that time, went to Villanova, Louisville. Uh, but my coach never saw my height. He saw my work ethic and he mm-hmm. told me I need to work. I need to lead. And so if I didn't get a rebound, he, he gave it to me um, yep. despite being a disadvantage in height. But he also taught me how to watch film um, to use my mind. I mean, I have the physical attributes to match up with those guys, but you got to outsmart them. Mm-hmm. And um, I started having film sessions with them at his house. Um, that's when I started becoming a real student of the game when I was a sophomore in high school. Um, then the next part was learning how to uh, use my body. So I had to get in the weight room. So I got into the weight room with the football team. And I started doing things that um, others may, maybe we don't have to do. And I had to do some of the small things. I had to pay the full ticket price to be successful. And I credit that to my high school coach. And meanwhile, as I was doing that, um, I was becoming a, a regular student of the game and learning the game in a different way. And now I look back at it, he was preparing me to to be a coach, to, to teach others. And um, I will probably say that was the source of everything of me starting to coach. And when I decided to coach, I remember him passing over his, his crates of basketball film, books and everything and help me to get off to my, to my journey. That's awesome. You mentioned watching film a lot. You know, that's, that's something that as a coach is such an awesome tool to be able to, you know, with technology now, um, it wasn't always like that, but with technology now, the, the ability to be able to record games and then go back into the locker room and watch that yourself and show your players the things that they're doing wrong or the Mm -hmm. things that they're doing right to, correct mistakes or reinforce good things. Um, that's, that's, that's just a great tool to use. So some of the things you mentioned, you know, all, all those things obviously were influential in your life and made you who you are and helped you form your philosophy of coaching a little bit. So why don't you share your coaching philosophy with us and how do you implement that in your team uh, day after day? Sure. Uh, as I mentioned before, coaching Becoming a head coach um, at a very early age, um, a lot of failure took place. Um, I would probably say for the first eight to nine years, I coached for the wrong reasons. Um, I could not – well, I defined my why as 
validation. Mm-hmm. I seek, I sought validation, whether it's winning championship, motivating my team to be the best team. Um, but I, I coached for the wrong reason. And so the center focus of my heart was to win for myself, not for others, but for myself at the end of the day. And I think um, even when we, uh, I've, made it to a national championship, one of our national championship runs that we uh, fell short and runner up. I remember one time after the game, uh, we had lost and um, we had went out to eat. We're in Missouri. We just lost the national championship game and went out to Missouri and uh, we sat at a restaurant and I watched my team just all separated in pockets of around the restaurant. Mm -hmm. And I looked up and I said, man, I have a lot to do with this. This wasn't a team. Um, and I created that. Um, I fueled that. I um, allowed that to happen. And that kind of resonated with me. And that was on the height of winning. Even though I lost the national championship game, we had a successful season. So right. in the losses and the wins, it hit me like there's more to it. And I really started diving into culture after that, um, really uh, researching leadership and my role in developing culture and leadership and things that changed for me. And um, I would say today, I, my personal philosophy, which is our mission to our basketball program, is um, just to, to prepare my players for their journey of discipleship okay. uh, through basketball, uh, which is the platform, by pursuing excellence and skill, which is the talent and gift that God has given us, uh, teamwork, the ability to love each other, um, the ability to provide value outside of putting the ball into a hole, um, in Christian character, uh, where we see Jesus um, in each other, we see Jesus in our opponents, we see Jesus um, in officials, um, because when they when we see Jesus in them, in return they'll see Jesus in us, um, and that and then serving leadership, uh, just the mindset of living last, not focusing on um, winning the argument, but winning the relationship. Awesome, that's that's good stuff, Coach, and and. You mentioned several things, uh, and I just jotted them down here as you were talking here, but skill, teamwork, Christian character, servant leadership. When you're out recruiting players to come play for you, obviously these are things you're looking at. Um, what is what is your approach to to recruiting athletes and building a successful team? Yeah. Um, first and foremost, um, they – they need to have a foundation in Christ. I was aware of Lancaster Bible College, that's a re- uh, requirement, uh, but also a requirement to really fully understand not only our campus, but our basketball program as well, and how we're going to motivate you by that. Sure. Yeah. Um, so those qualities, we're not looking for perfection, mm-hmm. um, but you've got to have an ability to, not ability, but have a foundation, a commitment of of having the Lord in your life, and then also wanting to grow. And, um, and if you want to grow, and I think that's the key part, if you want to grow and be willing to adapt to what we're doing, um, we will, we will help you grow through the platform basketball through those four pillars that we just talked about. And that's how we're going to motivate them. And then also I know a lot of kids coming to school, um, especially getting recruited, like the, the carrot is basketball. Um, and so uh, they may choose a school because of the sport of basketball and my hopes and my journey and reason why I coach is by the time they graduate, that reason has changed of why they came to Valley Forge um, that yes, basketball is important, but it's not the center focus of my life. It's a platform I get a chance to impact others with. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, you alluded to a few seconds ago about a time in your coaching career where you were at a restaurant and you saw uh, your team kind of split up into pockets and maybe there wasn't great team chemistry there and that you had had a part in that. 
How do you develop and maintain team chemistry at that level and a camaraderie amongst the players? Sure. I believe that all starts with culture. Um, and that's what we have at our, our program. We spend time um, implementing and cultivating that. And so four years ago when we came to LBC, uh, we set our mission, which I quoted to you earlier. Uh, that's our foundation of who we are. So that's who we are. Um, we establish a vision, uh, which is to develop and display our mission essentials as we pursue our United East Conference uh, Tournament Championship and NCAA Round of 32. Um, so you hear two goals at the end of that vision, but you're also in the middle of that you heard the process. We want to develop our mission essentials on a day-to-day -day basis, and we want to display them. So when we get an opportunity and our platform is expanded, uh, when we're playing an NCAA tournament or a conference championship, a lot of eyes are on us. So we want people to see our mission essentially because that points people back to Christ yeah, and who we are. Definitely. Um, so that's kind of where we're going. And then how we're getting there is just how we're doing things with our core values um, as far as our communication, our trust, our care, our excellence. Um, that is very important to us. And then the last part is kind of like standards. And this changes from year to year. And so we're intentionally... Uh, when our kids arrive on campus for the first in, at, in August, we go over our mission, our vision, and our core values. And the last part, we let them develop their team standards. And these are team standards that are aligned in, in what we just communicated to them. But it's something they agree to that they're going to live and share day to day and hold each other accountable. I mean, I can set the table, but at the end of the day, they have to eat it. Sure. And so the standards is part of is an extra step of them being able to hold each other accountable outside of the coaching staff, because your culture is as strong as the people who are driving it mm -hmm. inside your locker room. Definitely, and A lot of that relies on your, your captains and your leadership. Mm -hmm. And the more leadership you have in your locker room, the more successful you're going to be. And winning becomes a byproduct of your culture when it's done correctly. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know, you know, Josh Beers, uh, Josh yes. and I went to college together and played basketball together. He was on, one of my early episodes that we talked about uh, player coach relationships and some things that we can do as coaches to cultivate those relationships. What are some practical things that you do uh, day to day to to build relationships with your with your team members? Sure. Um, a lot of it is um, obviously we have our one on one regular meetings, but those mm -hmm. are I mean, formal and, and so forth. But my, my best times hanging out with the guys is just after a pickup game. After a game, road trip, uh, for practice, just checking in our guys, see how they're doing mm -hmm. uh, when they're on campus. Um, I just feel like those are more of the more genuine conversation. I think the more sure. touch points you have with your kids, um, they, they open up more. Mm -hmm. And um, and that's what I, I like, because at the end of the day, we want to get to the root and help them grow. And the only way we can get to that is by uh, digging in and and holding them accountable. And, and uh, you got to get through the surface level. And part yep. of that is developing that relationship, developing that trust. So I think it's every day when you wake up in the morning, the question I have to ask myself is how can I develop more trust in player A, player B? Like that's, I got to keep pouring in and developing that trust because mm -hmm. the more that happens, the more they're going to open up and the more um, we become, and I have to become vulnerable too. The same sure. thing as a coach, like you yep. have to be vulnerable too. Um, and I think, I think the more touch points you have throughout the day, whether it's formal, informal, the better you're going to grow in your relationship. And then on the court becomes very, very easy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would agree 100%. So you're dealing with kids that are away from home. Uh, obviously, they're student athletes. So the student part is important. Um, how do you balance academics and athletics for your players? And what support systems do you have in place to help them out with that? 
Yes. We give them like, again, starting off in August, we call it culture week. So we spend about three days going over our culture and expectations. And part of it, one of those days we talk about the expectations in the classroom and academics and we remind them that it is a privilege. At the end of the day, we're at division three, you're paying to play basketball. Sure. Um, you're paying. And so you want to, you want to get a good return on your investment. And so again, basketball is a privilege and the privilege that can be taken away is you not performing academic in the classroom and making poor decisions out of the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we really kind of harp on that. We have some accountability with them. One of the things I love about LBC is not just accountability for the athletes, but support and accountability for all students. So we have a system on our campus. We call it the Ally Center, which is kind of like a study hall, but it's a library with a resource with a bunch of tutors. Okay. Um, and so every student that comes into LBC uh, for the first semester are required three hours in an Ally Center. And they track those. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if you come up one second short, you're getting an alert um, about not accomplishing that. Okay. And so you get a chance to test out of it at the end of the semester if you got a 2.7 or higher. Anytime within your your years at LBC and your four years, you drop below a 2.7 in your, uh, in your semester GPA, and you're back in the ally centers. So we like to use that uh, for, our, for our players. Um, so we hold a greater accountability for that, the expectations for us not to um, – ever get a warning for that. If we do, um, it becomes a team issue uh, with that. And then we also monitor their grades um, every week. Uh, We have a a system called Dropout Detective, and it shows trends of they're trending in the right way, trending in the wrong way. So we get a chance to flag things right away and correct them and bring our students in and uh, come up with a plan. And um, if it usually has to do with work not being turned on time, and uh, we give them an opportunity to correct it. Um, If they can't correct it, then we... Um, we put some incentives in place uh, for them to correct it. And uh, it's, it's been good for us so far. And we try to have a team goal of a 3.0 GPA um, every semester. Awesome. Awesome. I think I like your perspective on that. I, I think it's it's um, super important for them to remember that likely none of your guys are going on to play in the NBA. So it's important for them to uh, invest in their academics and that's going to be what probably carries them into the next phase of their life. Yep. Um, although, you know, basketball and sports can can definitely play into that and have an influence in that as well. So now here's something we don't like to talk about a lot. That's a discipline. Um, as a coach at a college, and I've never coached in college before, I coached in high school. So the difference there a little bit might be, you know, at the end of practice, I send my guys home and they're with their parents. So, so I'm not the parent anymore. Um, I'm not saying that you are the parent, but you kind of fill that role in a college setting where the parents aren't around that much. Um, the kids come, they're there, the parents might be far away. Um, so in in some regards, you are kind of like a parent figure to them. How do you handle discipline and manage player behavior on and off the court? Uh, again, I would, I, it goes back to um, the culture and, and clearly communicating with your culture that you have. And, um, and those standards are very pivotal, those team standards, uh, which the guys come up with um, and hold them accountable for that. But I also think there's, there's an accountability level where I like to look at it as um, you're responsible for yourself, but accountable to the team. Mm, okay. And I think there's several layers of accountability that, you have an opportunity, even if you fall, you have an opportunity to bounce back. And I look at these levels as one, it starts with you as a responsible, as the person, as a responsibility. If it's clearly communicated, the expectations, the culture, your standards, you have a responsibility to live up to that standard. 
Two, you have players, you have teammates. Um, if something takes place, there should be a teammate accountability where our team is um, staying on top of each other. Uh, the next thing is your captain level. I think the captains are another level of accountability for you. Um, and that's something that the coaches have to dive into and, and teach. And that's something we really do in our program is working on developing captains and not perfect captains, but helping them grow sure. yep. in that. And then next level is the coaches. And anytime you have an issue and if it goes straight up to the coach every single time and the coach is dealing with that, you have one, number one, your season's not going to go too far. And number mm-hmm. two, um, your culture is probably not thriving. Mm-hmm. Um, you should have those levels of where there's strong accountability and leadership where one, you're being responsible for yourself and then you being accountable to your teammates. And um, I think the more you develop strong leadership with your captains, the better that process is. And I think we've done a good job over, especially the past year or so, of doing that, of really developing our captains and helping them understand. And I think this past year we had three captains with titles, but we have eight leaders in our locker room mm-hmm. uh, who didn't, those who didn't have titles. And when you have, right. when you can multiply more leaders in your locker room outside the three captains that you may be in, investing sure. in more, I mean, you're going to go far. Yeah, absolutely. Go far. Absolutely. You mentioned a second ago, other coaches, you can't, you can't enjoy the amount of success now, obviously, a lot of that comes from you, but you need to have a good support system around you as well. How important is it? Tell us about your your coaching staff and and their roles and how important that is in your team's success. Sure. And our coaching staff, um, for me, I am, as the head coach, I'm the culture driver. And um, obviously, I have my day-to-day things, practice plans, things like that. Um, but in order for our culture to be in the right place, I have to drive that. And I have to assess that and I have to cultivate that and provide opportunities for it to grow. And so I would say the majority of my time as a coach is cultivating our culture and um, educating our guys in culture. And it's not just something we do at the beginning of the year. It's something we do every day, every week. There's a touch point that is about our culture. That's about our mission. Mm-hmm. And, and at the end of the day, our culture comes back to that base, our mission of what we're preparing our guys for. Um so having that space and that opportunity and time to do that is very important, what you surround yourself with. Um, and so my role being that um, my assistant coaches, um, we have an assistant coach who takes care of the academics, um, film editing, all those taxing things and mm-hmm. scouting reports. We have another coach that does the recruiting who's identify uh, the recruits that we need um, and keeps us posted on um places we need to go. He's the organizer of recruiting for us. Mm-hmm. And then we have a grad assistant who I, take under my wing and help him understand culture. Um, So in his first year, he's with me. Uh, We do a thing called Teammates Matter every week, uh, which is uh, one day a week. Uh, We spend an hour with our guys outside the basketball court and the spiritual development and leadership development. And um, they get an opportunity to share their testimonies. Uh, We get a chance to dive into the word of God, um, study some passages and get some of their perspective. We have small group opportunities. uh, exercises that we do as well. Um, and so that grad assistant helps lead some of those things to learn sure. and in his second year. He's more hands-on uh, with um, day-to-day things for our scheduling uh, practices and so forth. Um, and so those are kind of the three guys that are around me. Um, and obviously with my, my role as being that culture driver, and obviously that looks different with every other program and different sure. programs, but for us, uh, culture matters. It works for us. Um, these past four years, um, what we experienced this past year 
our fruits and benefits of what we laid in the foundation four years ago and what we continue to do up to this point. Sure, sure. So as we wrap up here today, Coach, what are some things you're doing in the offseason? Obviously, you just came off a really successful year um, a few weeks back. What are some things you're doing in the offseason to get you ready for next year? Uh, recruiting. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, recruiting. Uh, yeah, we got some some spots that we need to fill. Uh, again, we had we had four year guys uh, who came through our program when I first got here, uh, experienced a great matter of success. Um, so obviously we got some holes to fill. We got mm -hmm. some great guys returning too, uh, but we got some big, some big roles that we got to fill. Uh, so we're doing a lot of that and trying to wrap up our class um, this year. Um, and then our, our guys off season right now, they're training uh, with our strength and conditioning coach. So they're doing that uh, four out of five days a week. Uh, we're about to transition to phase two, uh, where uh, they'll be leaving for the summer. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll give a catered program to them uh, that they will have to do every day throughout the summer. And our strength and conditioning coach stays on top of them uh, with our app. Um, and then we hopefully we're going to uh, wind down our 23 class here the next two weeks and focus on our 24 class coming up. And then I use this offseason for myself um, to just uh, gain knowledge and learn more about the game or more dive in about the culture. Um, I also interview our guys at the end of the year, uh, just kind of like an X interview. And uh, we break it down sections by culture, system of play, um, leadership, and just getting their thoughts and evaluations on us, how we can be better, sure. how we can be better with our culture. What are some things they love, didn't like. Um, so I take all that, use that in the summer, pile that together. And then I start doing some research on how we can continue to get better in our culture mm -hmm. and how I can get better as a coach. Sure, sure. Uh, hopefully you get some time to, you know, have some time off this summer and rest and rejuvenate a little bit. That's important before heading into another, another busy season next season. Um, now that I know you a little bit better and the program a little bit better, I hope to be able to get out there, maybe catch a couple of games here and there. You're close. I mean, you, you guys are an hour yeah. and a half away, uh, maybe not even that much. So. Um, it would be great to get my high school guys out there to catch a couple of your games um, next fall and next winter. So, Coach, uh, I appreciate you coming on today. Uh, the things you've shared with us are great. Um, I appreciate your philosophy and your perspective. It's good to have you close. It's good to be able to send students your way. I know we have a good relationship between our, our high school and, and the college there. Um, let's keep that going and keep up the good work there at LBC. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me, Matt. All right. Have a great day. You too. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of The Real Game. I am not leaving you with a quote today, but rather I am going to be reading from a portion of an article that was shared with me by a fellow coach from the Proactive Coaching website. And the article says this, Being tough is not about talking, posturing, making a lot of noise, or trying to intimidate others. If you want to see a truly tough athlete, Look for someone who is disciplined enough to physically and mentally practice hard every day, to focus and become great at the details, to be able to take correction, display strong body language, recover quickly from mistakes, choose the difficult right over the easy wrong, and be able to put the team ahead of themselves. I hope you enjoyed that portion of that article as much as I did. Good luck, coaches, and coach on.